Happy, happy, happy Wednesday. Yes, it's still, it's still Wednesday. We are in fourth quarter. Shout out to those of you who are tuning in on Ready, Set, or blah, 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 blah. shout out to those of you who are tuning into Ready, Set, Real Estate on all your favorite radio podcast platforms everywhere. All right. I am stoked about today's show. I feel a little bulky because I've got like a shirt underneath. By the way, let me just go ahead and show my glow in the dark. So it's my glow in the dark, ready, set, real estate, pink shirt. Um, but more of that to come. I've got the team working on some stuff. We are revamping the website for the ready, set, real estate merch. Because those of you I've shared with you, we've successfully successfully secured another trademark for uh, ready, set, real estate. And it's just, just part of the bigger vision. It's part of the bigger vision, Leo. Okay, just just roll with me on this one. Trust me. I'm always suspicious when people say, trust me, trust me, <laughs> trust me. Now just roll with me. Just stick with me. Um, let's see. Those of you who attended the uh, conference for realtors this past weekend, uh, glad that you attended. You made it back safely. Uh Trust that you supported your Ready, Set, Real Estate merch. Thank you for those of you who've been sharing and posting, saying that you love your merch. We love you. We're here for you. We are here for the real estate community. So I, I am stoked about that. I also would like to share with you, let's see, uh, we are going to be, we've got a great show topic today. Let me throw it up here as I do as announcement. So we are in episode 184. That means we have been going strong. We've been going hard and have been, we've been here. We've been here through thick and thin of the real estate industry. All right. If you're new to the show, make sure you press one. Let's me know you're here. Drop that in the chat below. Press two. Let's me know you shared it. Thank you for those of you who are sharing it. Uh, I was just going to, I thought someone shared it, but it was Anastasia. Anastasia sent me a friend request. Sometimes it's best to send me a message before you send friend requests because I get inundated with so much. And I'm almost like, I, I guess if you're capped at your, your friend request, then you automatically follow people. So that's cool, too, if you don't get to respond, if I don't respond and I don't connect with you on the Facebook friendship level. Uh, definitely hit that like, subscribe, follow button. You'll still get access to me, content, and all that fun stuff, all that jazz. I do put my information out there. Like I said, if you have any questions, you can text me. I do drop that information. I'm not a secret. Don't keep me a secret. Today, we'll be talking about fighting and an unfair, and unfair appraisal. Gosh, working with the nouns today. Fight and unfair appraisal. But before I jump into that, ooh, let's talk about those goals, writing down those real estate goals. Let's talk about 2022 and what you are envisioning and expecting. You've got to expect something great, extraordinary to happen. I believe in the supernatural, doing super things because I'm super agent. You are too. So write down those, coal, those goals. We've executed one. Uh, we are slow to start, but we did get licensed. We reciprocated our license in the state of Georgia. Uh, for those of you who are new to me, again, Lisa Gillette, also known as Super Agent, broker owner of the Venue Estates, pricing strategy, certified experience for closure, uh, short sale. And those, those of you who do know me, know that I work with our senior community. I hold the senior real estate specialist designation. All that means is I'm trained, experienced, and certified uh, and recognized by the industry to work with our senior population. Just means it's just, I just, they just need extra loving, just, just extra loving. And yeah, before I jump into today's topic, we're going to do, I'll do like classroom style kind of sort of, I've got a slide that I'll show just so that you have for note-taking, note but we're going to make this short, simple, and sweet today because I've got a full schedule outside of the show, emails, phone calls to return, inspections, final walkthroughs, shoot, parent conference, all that fun stuff. Um, that's still, <laughs> it's a full day. And I've gotten, I've revisited working out again. By the way, we ran a marathon. Um, hold up, listen. We ran a marathon this past weekend. Uh, again, like I said, if you are on my Facebook, you will get 
you will get some of that. Let me let me pull that up real quick. So we ran a marathon today. Oh, gotta gotta show those pictures. Let me share that real quick, and then I'll bring on today's show sponsor. So let's do a screen share. Somewhere in here is a screen share. Boom. All right, cool. So it says screen sharing was canceled. Yes, but now I'm gonna restart it. Boom. All right. So here we are, uh, hubby and the kids, he's in the back and we were at our first marathon today. So I encourage you, this was like this random goal, but now it's a goal. We will be running marathons. We will start at 5k. I don't think I'm ready to do the full on marathon at 26.2 miles. Not, not quite yet. Not quite yet. Uh, pretty, I'm ambitious. That's pretty ambitious. I'm not quite ready to jump in there. So we were at the La Catrina 5K Marathon. Uh, shout out to their vendors. This is our youngest kiddo, Kyla, my Kyla Bear. She run, she ran her first marathon. And they did a Dia de los Muertos theme that we had, we enjoyed. I just enjoyed the venue. I enjoy when people bring culture to the things that they're doing to bring and infuse the community together. So that was awesome. By the way, she was, uh, and of course, we're pro, we're proud mama and papa, bonus mom and dad, um, proud, proud parents of Kyla for running her first marathon and at the young ripe age of four years old. And so here she is holding her medal. She clocked in at 50 minutes and I think it was like 36 seconds. I came in a second behind her, of course, kind of trekking along the way with her, pumping her up, but she committed. And out of 242 people, she was not last. So I'm a big proponent of run your own race. Like it was no one else's business. She was doing her thing when she felt tired, you know, and she wanted to walk. I said, it's okay to walk. And when she was ready to jog again, we started jogging and it was such a beautiful thing. Uh, I don't have the racers photo, racers finished photos yet. When I get that, I'll share that. Uh, here we are as a family group here at the La, La Catrina 5K again, like I said, we had a great time. So I'm sharing this with you. Why? Because you too should be executing those goals, right? So that was for us. Uh, real estate goals for us was more about connecting. And you may say, well, Lisa, that's not necessarily a real estate goal. Yes, it is. And here's why. Because we now participated and connected with a different part of California that I had never been to. My husband, I think, was there. And it was the Whitt Whittier Narrows Recreation Area. And they had like this little lake and they have uh, fishing sessions for the kids. And so as a real estate professional in my own town, I definitely want to explore more of the real estate that our beautiful state of California has to offer. I do travel. I enjoy traveling, going to other places and seeing what they do. But every time I do that, I always ponder, like, you haven't even been in most places in California. Like, we just recently learned we're doing a land sale and one of the, the seller is located in a city called Ducor, California, D-U-C-O-R. Never heard of it in all my almost 40 years on this planet. Never heard of it. So go figure. All right. So that that's what I wanted to share. That was me executing my real estate goal. Um, we will be doing the 5K marathons. We'll be doing it as a family. We'll do some as a couple and do some as a family with the kids and mix it up a bit. All right. So I invite you write down those goals. Okay. We'll be right back after this sponsor break. Do you have properties that need to be maintained? For professional services that guarantee your property will stay safe and secure, Omnis Property is the team you want by your side. As a company, we pride ourselves on our best-in-class professionals, equipped with the latest technology for all your end-to-end -end property preservation needs. That means that from start to finish, our expert team can handle everything from accurate assessments to preservation projects of all sizes. Save money and time by working with leading experts that understand your needs and are committed to premier service. Get started today by contacting us for your project estimate. Visit www.omnis.com 
omnispreservation.com or call 310-957-9132. All right. Thank you to Amish Property Solutions for making us look fantastic, looking like the heroes. You do all the work, the grit, the pulling, the hauling, the scraping, the painting, the cleanup, the moving. Again, thank you. We bow to you for making us look like super agent stars, okay? Uh, if you need a crew that will do your listing prep, clean out, squatter removal, board ups, lockouts, especially as we're shifting, market is shifting, especially as we're shifting and we anticipate seeing more foreclosures, people needing their situations and lives packed and moved out, uh, relocated, needing the pop property be, to be prepped because a lot of folks are hoarding stuff, holding on to stuff. I do implore you, invite you to check out Omnis Property Solutions at omnispreservation.com. That's my added spiel. All right, let's jump into screen, screen share again. Whoops, that's not what I wanted to do. Ah, screen share, where is it? Boom, here it is. Great. All right, price of admission for today. Press one lets me know you're here. Two lets me know you shared it. Of course, if I drop anything that is worthy of a mic drop, go ahead and drop that mic emoji when we hear some real estate gems, because oftentimes I feel like I'm dropping gems all the time, all the time. Find an unfair appraisal. Uh, episode 184, it just, it just blows my mind of how quickly we've gotten here, right? How quickly we've gotten here. The reason why I wanted to discuss this, especially as there becomes questions of value. What is an appraisal? It's an opinion of value. It is an opinion of value. Let's use a chat box today, okay? Let's go ahead and drop in um, our notes in the chat box for those of you who are tuning in or listening on the replay. You can hashtag replay and catch up with us. Opinion of value, that's what it is, appraisal. Appraisals are an opinion of value. And here's how you know the significance of the difference between a, something like a home inspection report, a roof report, sewer line check report, foundation estimates, type reports and termite reports, pest report. Reports are someone who is experienced and certified and is itemizing that, hey, we've observed evidence and this is what it's going to cost our company to cure these issues for you. That's Those reports are due to be delivered to a seller of a property. Let's keep this in the context, okay? So we'll keep it in the context of seller and buyer as we're talking about uh, appraisals and reports. What I'm touching on, right? Right. Thank you, ERGJ Enterprises. Shout out to uh, Evan Jefferson again, my brother of ERGJ Enterprise. Uh, and thank you for those of you who are streaming and connecting with us on that channel. You do know that Ready, Set, Real Estate is a Facebook watch channel. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you. Thank you for your continued love and support. One of, one of my favorite YouTubers says that. Uh, she says that and it's it like sticks in your head when she says it. I, I think it's great. So appraisal of value. Why is this important? Because when you're purchasing real estate, the contract says that you, the buyer, are to deliver any reports to the seller, right, for their records. And once they have those reports and they receive those reports, it is their duty that if you, the buyer, do not move forward with that transaction, that escrow, that settlement, at in that time and you cancel the seller now has the an obligation to reveal disclose keyword disclosure drop that in the chat chat below disclosure right seller now is required to include those reports in their disclosure now here is why this is interesting appraisals are considered opinion of value, not reports. Appraisals are considered opinion of value, not reports, with the exception, 
One of my professors says, you're not in law school, you're an exception school. Tell people you are in an exception school. <laughs> and so as I think about that commentary, with the exception of GSE loans, government-sponsored enterprises, those government-sponsored loans, government-insured loans, what would be an example of a government-insured loan? I feel like I'm having my PBS kids moment when I ask the question and you now give me the answer. What is an example? What's an example? What's that? You're right, FHA insured loans. So with the exception, exception to typing it here for us, insured loan, VA loan, exceptions. What exceptions? So appraisals are opinion of value. They're not reports and do not need to be disclosed to a future or, or prospective buyer in a subsequent transaction. Ooh, say that three times, five times. In a subsequent transaction, unless, unless you, the buyer, are using an FHA or VA loan, then you are required to disclose that report, share that appraisal, excuse me, I don't want to call it a report, share that appraisal valuation. And why is that? Because there are a couple things that runs with that type of uh, appraisal, an FHAV appraisal. FHA appraisals run with that property for six months, meaning if there were lender required repairs, if the appraiser called out some health and health and safety, health and safety hazard hazards to be fixed and or repaired as a condition of HUD guidelines, then it is required to deliver that valuation to the seller so they are aware that these are the conditions in which this property meets this valuation and these are the items that need to be addressed and there's ways around that we're not oh we're not going to do it on this episode but let's get back to uh i'm going to make a note here next week we'll talk about 1004d okay 1004 D. That's how you close in a print. That's how you can close a deal, even with issues. Even with issues called out on the appraisal. There's an exception, though. There's an exception. So we're going to talk about that next week. Oh my gosh, that that's like mad game. I've managed to get through some tough deals with understanding more of how appraisal and underwriting, loan underwriting works. Disclaimer, by the way, I'm not a mortgage professional, mortgage banker. I'm not a, I'm not a lender. Uh, so therefore, seek and consult with your mortgage professional, mortgage lender. If you'd like a referral, happy to connect you with some of our preferred lender partners. And uh, they can kind of coach you through their situation or through your purchase, right? More importantly, make sure you've got our preferred lender partner, and our team. And then you know for sure you're in good hands. Now, I'm, 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 I'm being serious, but at the same time, there's wonderful agents out there that know their stuff. And I have a, a great circle and connection with a lot of them. So with the exception, let's continue. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, for those of you who are tuning in to Lisa Gillette on our Facebook page, Ah, thank you. We appreciate you. Thank you all for sending me your messages. I do get those messages um, in the messenger. So thank you for sending that. So as I'm saying this, in terms of the exact exception, let's let's get talking about the what the law says. And this is California. I'm a California real estate broker. And so I'll be speaking on California. California passed this very uh, much needed. So so here's my opinion. It's bittersweet that we needed a bill like this, first and foremost. It's unfortunately, we are in 2022. 
I almost said 2021. We are in 2022 for the next couple months. Uh, we are, what, 45 days in before we go into a whole new fiscal year of 2023. And what we've seen during the time of civil unrest, we've during the time of just injustices, social inequities, I mean, society has really brought it to the forefront of some unfair practices, unfair biases that have been happening systematically. What we forget when we say systematically is that there are people running the system, right? There are people who are participating systematically, who are negotiating or representing or quoting or restating principles, laws, and ethics. And so we're talking about people here. And the appraisal, Fair Appraisal Act was enacted in California uh, with a slew of other bills that were signed. This was one of them. And I'm going to read this verbatim here off, um, and I've sourced it in terms of where you can find more information about it. But overall, we know that the point of the Fair Appraisal Act was to address discrimination during the appraisal process of a residential real estate transaction. Now, you may say to me, well, how is this, you know, is this blocking who I can sell my property to? Yes and no, because you cannot discriminate, right? It's a violation of federal laws. You cannot discriminate when you are selecting to whom you be selling your property to. Does it happen? Does bias happen? Does prejudice happen? Does discrimination happen? Yes, it does. And it's been more evident than any time, right, in U.S. history, as we see more of these bills and laws being passed. In fact, if I had time, I would also share with you that the California Association of Realtors uh, organization was a proponent of discriminatory bills that kept people of color from purchasing and participating in real estate. And so recently they have agreed, they voted at their last board meeting that they would share a public apology, which I saw that was announced on the news. It was a public apology. And they have since funded and are now wanting to they're compelled, right? They're compelled now to make right, make right. I'd love to know your thoughts about this. You know, if if you feel this is, you know, is this a publicity stunt? Is this a real thing? Uh, is this good? How are we helping type stuff? You know, will this really work? So, especially when you're in a state like California, you see California is like a melting pot. We're just such a gumbo mixture of different ethnicities, cultures, backgrounds. And it's unfortunate, depending on what side of the street, industry, you will experience these unconscious bias that people have. Yes. Oh, you mean to tell me people are still prejudiced today? It's 2022. Absolutely. Hence the reason for the Fair Appraisal Act. So let's continue. The AB 948 became effective January 1st, 2022. So what does that mean, my folks? This year, this year, this went into effect and it stipulated a couple of requirements for the California Business and Professionals Code including but not limited to what requiring that the Bureau of Real Estate for us, is, it's the Department of Real Estate, the Bureau to add a checkbox to its complaint form for complainants to indicate whether they believe their appraisal was below market value and B, collect and compile demographic information regarding complainants. Mm, so now we're tracking. So we're tracking. The other thing it stipulated was requiring that any prospective licensee complete at least one hour of instruction in cultural competency. That's a huge one. Ooh, let's pause there because I just, ah, let's pause there because the reality is when, and this is why when I work with the seniors community, it's, it's the same thing, right? They are a protected class. 
And when you're marketing or prepping a, prepping a property to go to market and you're looking to maximize the equity in that property for the current market conditions, here we are noticing the shift in our uh, local markets. Again, we talked about three markets. We talked about the national market, your local market, and your hypo markets. Hypo markets being very minute down to the street, where a street or two or a little block in a cul-de-sac of a local market can be experiencing its own boom, its own just own little world because of where it's located, the community, what it's exposed to, what's being built around it, what it gives access to. Mm, good word for that, access. Think of, when you think of real estate, think of access. Uh, note to self, <laughs> just compiling my new, my next book, note to self, access. What real estate gives access to. Access, okay. And so when you think about location and markets and, and local markets, the licensee appraiser is in task with a couple things, making sense of the data, but also measuring what a buyer is determined to pay for a property, especially when you receive a valuation or excuse me, when you receive a contract price, right? You know what the contract is, it's 630,000. But it was listed at 595,000. And I've said this in the past, we've said it, we said we've said this collectively. I've been so tongue-tied today. Either I'm super excited or I'm either tired. <laughs> Which is it? Which is it? So, uh one of the things that we've noticed Industry-wide, and we say with, within, I would say, prof with, amongst professionals, there are two folks that determine price. Who determines price? The seller, you say? No. Seller does not determine the price because the seller is not buying their own house. Ah, the seller's agent, also known as the listing agent. The listing agent determines the price. No. Listing agents not buying the price either, buying the property either. Who is determining price? You guessed it. The buyer is one. The buyer is determining the price. What are they willing to offer and commit to paying on that specific or particular property? The other person or entity is the lender, the person who is also financing that property. Well, what do you mean the lender is determining price? Well, because the lender is has an uh, interest in the purchase money, right? They are lending you the money and they are stipulating that if this property does not come out to be valued, right? If this property is not valued at the contract price minimum, at your contract price, in my hypothetical example, I said $630,000. If this property is not valued at $630,000, we will not be lending on this property. So you've got the buyer and the lender who are determining price, who are determining value. Who helps the lender get an idea of valuation? They hire an appraisal management company that was stipulated so that we don't have, so we would mitigate the influences of the lender and agents in the appraisal value. The appraisal management company as the middle person will then uh, will then hire an appraiser who is on their approved list to go provide the valuation and opinion of market value on that property. That opinion is not based on what he thinks it should be, based on who lives there, no. Based on where they're from, no. Based on what culture they are, no. It is based on square footage. It is based on bedroom count. It's based on improvements, upgrades, and the like, right? And then you've got to think about 
obsolescence things like functional obsolescence. Does it make sense to still have a Jack and Jill bathroom or freeway rooms and stuff like that? Is it 300 to 500 feet near a, a power line? Is it next to an alley? Is it close to a freeway? They're in task. And I, you know, I feel for really good appraisals, appraisers who's caught up in this of, you know, if you're, if you're fair dealing and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, this affair appraisal act is, is, doesn't even bother you because you're doing good business anyway, do good business. And you don't have to be concerned about, you know, tiptoeing or changing anything you've been doing other than making sure you, you just do it even better right? Do it even better. And so, and this is why I appreciate uh, Mark, Mark Williams. Uh, um, he, we've done a class with him and he is really great and really helpful. I cannot wait. I've got to check in with him to see if he has founded his own appraisal management company because he comes with a wealth of experience. And so what I learned to today is me sharing from him. I can call him and say, hey, I've got a scenario on an appraisal. Appraisal, what do you think? Especially when we deal with ADUs here in California, not in most states, you know, that's a foreign concept, but ex accessory dwelling units are such a new thing that appraisers in the industry are still trying to make sense on how to put a value on unpermitted ADUs. Although you can still provide, they give some value. They're not not giving value. They do give value. I think it comes... Uh, with some experience and a great team to get those in. I've heard a couple people say that they were denied their loans on purchasing uh, ADUs, what they wanted to structure as a multifamily type investment loan. So I just think it depends on the lender to be able to properly underwrite that type of loan. Again, you gotta, you've got to call around. Don't just take no for an answer. That's unfortunate. All right. With that, I do. I did notice that the Federal Finance Housing Agency has announced that they are putting a cap on multifamily purchases. I'll get the details for us next week. This was an announcement that I was reading, just a headline. And I said, hmm, you know, when I see the Federal Finance Housing Agency do things, I think I go, oh, uh, so they're putting a cap on purchases. Then when I see that, I said, well, let's, what's happening in the market that they're capping, right? What they're capping multifamily. When I hear caps, restrictions, limitations, exceptions, my brain interprets risk. They're not willing to take a risk, right? CJ, Clarence Johnson is in the building. He says they value properties with an ADU like a giraffe is standing in the yard. They know it's worth some something, but not quite giraffe experts laugh out loud i think that's a brilliant commentary um we definitely gotta you know share a little bit more love with our appraisers though you know it's they're just trying to make sense of the various types of models and whatnot and you and i talked about this on another segment we're still at it right we're apparently still at it trying to make sense of putting values on adus thank you for that so again, here we are um, with what the Fair Appraisal Act is requiring. That cultural competency that the industry is requiring uh, licensees to take in terms of one hour of instruction on cultural competency. Again, I started to go on about when you work with seniors, same concept here, right? Because if you prepare a property uh, for market and the senior has been living there for about 50 to 60 years, that is a collection oftentimes of a lot of stuff, a lot of items. Sometimes uh, hoarding is a real thing. And also we're talking about in taste of furniture, right? They've, oftentimes they've got the stuff from the 1970s, 1980s, and they've lived in that time frame. And so that's where they are. Their home will reflect it if they have not vested the, the money in home improvements and upgrades. And so it does require a level of competency to coach. Now, who am I talking about? I'm now putting the onus on the real estate professional here. Yep, I'm talking to you. The onus and the competency falls on you. Your client, the seller, does not know what it takes to sell a property to a particular market or demographic, especially in the market shift. 
I had this conversation just yesterday with a client who unfortunately had her property listed with another broker and um, essentially was up against a foreclosure and was not able to successfully sell that property prior to the foreclosure uh, that had taken place or the trustee sale. There was a couple of things that I noticed that was affecting why she didn't get there. She was overpriced. Uh, the marketing package uh, that was presented and offered uh, of her property to the public was not, um, it was it was unfortunate. It was not done in the best light to show that property in the best light. I can speak on that and say that because I sold the house just four houses down and um, our, our property sold and we sold slightly above our asking price. And our client was a senior who had been there for some years. And we, we went and did a clean out. We did the paint, we prepped it so that we can get our number and that he wasn't punished. Again, we're talking about competency here, cultural competency. And this is where, again, I'm, I put the weight on you, my fellow colleagues, real estate professional, is that it is on you to protect the integrity of the client because they do not know what it takes, right? They don't, they're not buying and selling property like you do, or you're supposed to be doing. If this is what you claim or allege you're doing, you're committed to doing, right, is, is understanding what the market is doing. Yes, it's shifting. Understanding what are the buyers thinking? Buyers will punish you for the slightest thing. They will punish you. And so you've got to, you know, oh, I just, I'm going to ride this competency thing here. All right. And this last uh, uh, point here, uh, they are prohibiting licensees from basing their analysis or opinion of the market value of a home on certain enumerated protected bases, including race or any other basis prohibited by the Federal Fair Housing Act. I think that's a very tricky thing, right? Because, hmm. I don't know if someone who has a bias knows they has a bias. A, me, a woman of color, when I step in an arena or a woman before I speak, I can feel when someone has a bias of me. They likely won't look at me. They won't make eye contact. Um, they're usually short. You can feel the uncomfortableness in the room. And so does that person know that they are their body is responding to me? responding to my presence. It isn't until I open my mouth and engage in a manner that creates, quote unquote, an icebreaker or engage in a manner that would create an environment that it's safe to talk or creating an environment that maybe quickly debunks any biases or stereotypes that person may have about having an experience with someone like me or who looks like me in the past. So I think this is a very tricky one that, yes, you can have this cultural competency um, instruction, but we are talking about people's upbringings. We're talking about what I went to school for, right? Nature versus nurture. My background is in psychology and finance is my degree. And this has been, <laughs> this has been the classic war between nature versus nurture of what makes a human a human, what, what makes their... Uh, philosophies, what what contributes to who they become, who they are, who their circle is, who their network is, their belief systems. And so I think we've got a lot more cut out for ourselves than to say that you are just, you're prohibited on not being biased based on race. And one goes, huh? But I'm not a racist. I'm not a racist. I don't have any prejudice. I'm not xyz and and it and we're especially in an environment where we quickly are defensive about it right you say something and you're like well, but i'm not this i'm no 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 i'm not that instead of understanding this is why i have to love and shout out and support and if i had the time to take her class i would just in fact i feel like i now have have to reach out and call her to probably do a talk with us because we are going to bring back the Ready Set Real Estate workshops, trainings, and seminars. And Dr. Joy DeGruy, Dr. Joy DeGruy, if you're listening and tuning in at any point in your life, we 
were speaking on a panel a couple years back when I did the, it was the uh, Black Conference in Lamert uh, Park many, 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 many years ago. It was around the time we launched the Real Estate 100 book, the first part. And uh, Dr. Joy DeGru came out and she did a talk. I was one of the panel or speakers along the lineup. She was she was the main person, right? And we got to take a photo. In fact, I got to find that picture somewhere. Had some very prominent speakers, uh, those who've been rooted in the movement, rooted in the community, and have been advocates uh, for our community. And so she has the... Um, she has a, a class and it's like eight weeks, six to eight weeks. And I just was like, oh my gosh, I'd love to take this class and more people would need to take this class because it's understanding the traumas. She coined the term post-traumatic slavery syndrome. And she had, she had, um, she's got a series of workshops that will help you understand if you work in HR, if you work in a corporate environment, if you work with people in general, it is something important to understand this understand this thing about cultural trauma um, and more in particular for Black people, communities, because people are misinterpreting the things and behaviors and the sayings and the doings as something being wrong, right? Oh, this person is, that person is this X, Y, Z and not understanding culturally, right? Historically, DNA, genetically, these things that have been passed on and passed on. All right, I'm going to conclude there. Isn't that funny? We're gonna finish out with my whole talk on Dr. Joy DeGru, but I love her. I love her. She is amazing. And I'm giving Dr. Joy DeGru her flowers while she can receive them because her work, um, is incredible and she is world renowned and has been sought out by many people in, in the industry of sociology, psychology, and um, history, uh, understanding, you know, just from her take and her perspective and her research. All right. Fair Appraisal Act. Uh, oh, no, we're not going to close out. Let's talk about fighting. Fighting. How do you fight this, Lisa? You didn't give us any... <laughs> How do we fight this? Woo! I was getting excited about Dr. Joy DeGru. Didn't even re recall. All right. Fighting an unfair appraisal. So what do we need to do here in California? You want to contact 916-552-9000, 916-552-9000. And then you can check out the website. It's www.brea.ca.gov forward slash complaint. Um, just for the sake of it, let me go to this website so we can pull it up here on the screen for those of you. Uh, C.gov. So those of you who are tuning in on the video, you know, Spotify does video now, right? So here it is. I just pulled it up. <clears throat> Let's make that a little bit bigger. And it's the uh, Welcome to the Bureau of Real Estate Appraisers online complaint form. Go figure. There's a dedicated section here, dedicated to file an online complaint. It says you will need to log in. Let's make that bigger for those of you who need glasses or not even glasses that you just can't see these tiny little fonts like me. Uh, it says, uh, here are the instructions, what we can do. Investigate if there's been an unlawful or unprofessional conduct, con conduct by an appraiser, or like I had, you heard me mention, the appraisal management company. All right, it says, since a variety of factors may impact the order in which the complaints are reviewed and investigated, we're unable to estimate how long this process may take. So receipt of your complaint will be acknowledged in writing and you'll be no notified when BREA has closed the case associated with your complaint. We will make every effort to keep your identity confidential. So for those of you who are wondering, are these complaints anonymous, co confidential? How does that work here? They, they say it's confidential. However, proper prosecution may require your testimony. Stand by your words, stand firm to your uh, truth and your complaints if you're going to go forward. This is what I say to my clients. If you're, we're going to ride this out, you got to ride this out. It says it may require your testimony in administrative or other legal proceedings that require you to appear as a witness subject to cross-examination. And they have what we cannot do, how you can help us, tell us what happened, the who, what, what when, where, and um more importantly, provide documents. I like it. 
So that's one of the ways, okay? <clears throat> the other way is getting that desktop review, right? So ask for a second opinion. You can. So if you get an appraiser and you appraisal and you feel like it's under market value, if if you ask the professionals around you and they're saying, mm, yeah, it's it's that's pretty under, then I suggest that you you've got to advocate. You've got to advocate for yourself. So important. So this is why I'm giving you the resources. Second opinion with the AMC, right? The appraisal management company. That means to send it back to your lender. The lender is going to send it back to the AMC and says, hey, we need to get a senior appraiser on this. We need to get a second set of eyes on this valuation to compare. Let's get another pair, a pair of eyes. So now this is happening within that AMC. <clears throat> the other option. Again, there's going to be various ways to do this, depending on what your team is doing, depending what your approach is, depending what you're seeking to do. Then the other option is to order an independent appraisal as a competing appraisal valuation. So this is you hiring independently your own appraiser, right? Someone you know is experienced, someone you know who knows or familiar with the area. Oftentimes that's what we're finding, right? Not being familiar with what's what they're appraising, what's going in that particular area. Uh, this is why it's a fine line for us as professionals, right? That being in contact with the appraiser, being there, but at the same time, it helps. I know, I know my last couple of deals in the middle of this market shift, the appraiser said to me, you do know, he says, you are at the cusp of the market shifting. So I don't have data. I don't have data for your number because the numbers that I see were based on these, you know, priced at $100,000, $200,000 over. And then we are recognizing the market slowing down. We are recognizing the days on the market is increasing. We are recognizing true shift. And so appraisers are in task with something very, very, very tough. I will also say that in that particular scenario, the appraiser, had an implied bias, excuse me, unconscious bias. And the reason is, is because there was cultural competency, not having cultural competency. It was because of my confidence and how I spoke very firm counter to the appraiser telling me the property need, oh, this property need, oh, Wow, this this needed a this needs a lot of work. I said, what work? <laughs> I said he updated his floors, he's repainted. I said the counters have been improved. He's replaced all these windows. This home was built in the 1920s. They didn't have dual pane windows back then. They didn't have these hardwood floors back then. They didn't have those type of countertops back then. I said, and his roof was replaced. Oh, his roof was replaced. Here's the receipt. He replaced the roof less than a year ago and he did the plumbing and you get it. My confidence, me being firm and me knowing that we were up against someone who could likely lack cultural competency would easily see that this property, oh, needs work, right? Because he's looking at the living condition. Again, I was working with a senior client. He's considering the, the living condition. Bedrooms are packed to the max. There's stuff. There's a whole bunch of stuff, stuff. And guess what? We got our number. No problem. No problem. So if you are not doing these things because you're going to have to have a professional that is advocating for you and showing the comp, showing the receipts. This is why as a professional, when we say, what else did you do? What you have you improved? What did you upgrade? You know, why are we doing that? Because we need the receipts, right? Show the receipts so that we can convert that to money. All right. You won't get a dollar for dollar on, on all those improvements, but they are worth something. Okay. With that, I say thank you. Thank you very much for hanging with me today. We're going to finish out the show today on a very positive note. I know we've talked about such a heavy topic. Of course, there's uh, no shade thrown to anybody in particular. This is me experiencing my life as a woman of color, of, you know, of such diversity, ethnic diversity. And so I speak my truth. This is my truth of what I experienced. In fact, uh, I've got a couple of deals that I've done recently 
And the one I'm in particular, unfortunately, I'm dealing with someone who's in who's privileged. We are uh, in a white male dominated industry. I'm dealing with someone who's privileged, entitled, and any anything that I say counter to what he says, either he feels I do not know, but we all know, right? We all know Lisa does her homework. I, I, I know a little something. I know a little something. And then if you, I, I'm just not going to just, I'm not going to argue with you. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm just going to go talk to your broker and I'll have a broker to broker conversation because I prefer to deal with people on that level. What does that mean? I'm just going to go above you, right? So I say that to share that people don't realize they have their own uh, uncon unconscious biases. And for me, I'm usually a subject of that. And so when you experience it, you can recognize it. And uh, we're here for it. We're here to support people in learning and growing. That's what this show is about, right? Is It's all the raw and uncut, the flip flops, boom and bust of real estate. We'll see you next week on another information packed episode of Ready, Set, Real Estate. Take care, guys. Bye.